This is the Clean Web Conversations podcast, growing the global clean web community. It is your host, Woon Tan. Welcome to another episode of the Clean Web Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Woon Tan, and if you're new to this channel, uh, we are here to talk about how the web and information technology is uh, allowing us to address resource and sustainability challenges. And so today with me, I've got Michael Solomon from Profit Through Ethics, and you're here to talk about Responsible 100. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Michael, so let's jump straight in. What What is Responsible 100? Responsible 100 is a means of identifying the most responsible businesses. Um, we talk about being a social movement and a business tool. And we are um, a web platform. Um, there's a set of questions to test businesses on a method of scoring them and giving them a score of how responsible they are out of 100. That's where the 100 comes from. Um, and sometime in the future, we will also create a badge for, for businesses to put on their marketing materials to say you're part of Responsible 100. And so what sort of, um, what, what, got, what, got, what got you started uh, to develop this idea? So initially I was working in a, in a publishing company, a financial publishing company, and um, somebody came into the business to say, CSR is the new thing. Um, and I was uh, proposed as the guy that was going to come up with a CSR website, CSR being corporate social responsibility. I was going to create a new CSR website, a new CSR journal, and um, I looked at that and I didn't like the idea of helping big banks and big oil companies talk about how great they were and publish glossy brochures with smiling children on the front. Um, I didn't think that was a good use of my time, but then something occurred to me, you know, if this, it's, the problem with this is it's not credible information. I don't believe this information. If it was credible, if it was believable, then it would be useful information. So that's really where the kernel of the idea came from. How do we create a credible CSR platform? Um, and the um, first idea we had really was, you don't let them, you don't let businesses cherry pick what they want to talk about. As important as charitable giving is, or promoting diversity, or reducing CO2 emissions, um, lots of important good stuff is done under the aegis of CSR, but that's not the whole story. What about uh, paying tax, what about lobbying government, what about forcing vulnerable employees onto zero-hour contracts, um, what about executive pay. There are lots of really important issues that businesses are less inclined to talk about. So we said, here are all the things that are, that are important. Tell us what you do in respect of all of those things. So our current question set is 47 questions long. We look at community, environment, finance and governance, human rights, marketplace ethics and the workforce, and then uh, the seventh 
topic area is ethical choices. So those are things that don't really fit into those more defined six other topics. Uh, seven topics, 47 questions. And um, we do ask about charitable giving. We do t ask about diversity. We do certainly talk about CO2 emissions, but we, uh, we talk about all those difficult things as well, like tax and executive pay and human rights down the supply chain and animal testing and uh, support for community groups. Um, and we are encouraging anybody to uh, help us develop and improve those questions, keep them up to date, and to propose new questions that we may put to businesses. Uh, so that's some of the work we do, creating and improving good questions to challenge businesses. Um, and um, we also bring businesses in and NGOs and campaign groups into roundtable meetings to discuss the development of particular questions or the creation of new questions. Uh, so we also work with businesses to improve these these questions. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the last few years is spent on this system process web tool whereby businesses can easily find these questions, they can start to describe what they do, start providing an answer, um, and that can go through a process where we scrutinise it for completeness and then we um, look at the policies and practices described and score that answer and then put it into the public domain. That's essentially what the businesses have to do. Um, if you're a business that wants to prove it's as responsible as it can be, it's the real deal when it says we're responsible, ethical, values-driven, on your side, part of the solution, all these things that you hear. If you want to go beyond the claim and prove that as a business, um, you can do that with Responsible 100 by being transparent and accountable in respect of all these different issues. So um, participation requirement is not that you answer all 47 questions today, but you start today and eventually you will answer them all, we hope. Um, so the businesses are required to answer questions um, on a range of social, environmental and ethical issues, guarantee their responses as complete, accurate and verifiable and put them into the public domain for public scrutiny, comment and rating. That is the test. In addition to those three different things, we probably are going to ask them to commit to some sort of ambition in terms of um, minimising their negative impacts on, on people and planet, maximising their positive impacts, taking ownership of the big global challenges that we face. So beyond those three distinct um, sort of physical, logistical things that businesses need to do, we're going to ask them to commit to some manifesto-like commitment. This is what we stand for. In addition, in addition to meeting this test and being transparent and accountable, we stand for better business in a better world or better business for a better world. And so, so obviously a big theme is the transparency of how businesses are sort of claiming to be socially responsible. And so what are the, what, what t talk us about, talk us through about the, the process in which the questions are, are developed. Um, well, we've um, had a question set for, we've, we developed our first question set about 13 years ago. Uh, I think it was 127 questions uh, initially, I think it reduced to 50 and then to 35 and now back up towards 50 again. So that indicates a sort of organic, <laughs> organic mm. questionnaire. Questions come in and questions go out. Um, for example, we, we have a very good question that we've developed with Christian Aid on um, CO2 emissions. 
and scope one, scope two, scope three emissions and, and detail what that means and explain what it means and explain what a complete answer to that question is specified in the specified in the question. The questions themselves are quite short, but then there's uh, a rationale which explains why this is an issue which affects business and wider society and how it does that. Then there's a, a section for a, a glossary. We, we define all the jargon that you can't avoid. Scope 1 and Scope 2 and Scope 3 is jargon, of course. Um, so we define those technical terms in the glossary. And then the answering requirements say, if you answer yes, um, we have a policy to reduce our CO2 emissions. Um, these are the sort of three or four or five different things that you must um, provide in your answer. And here are the sort of two or three or four or five different things you may elect to provide as part of your answer. So the CO2 question, uh, there used to be two. There used to be one on um, uh, carbon offsetting um, because five, six, seven years ago that was a particularly hot topic. Um, we don't have a, uh, a question on carbon offsetting currently that's less popular a thing for responsible business as it used to be uh, and we had a very comprehensive question on CO2 as it was so we've just got the one there now. Um, we have just created a new question on unionisation in the workplace or employee representation. haven't quite decided whether it's going to be called representation or whether it's going to be called unionisation but our next roundtable meeting which is on the 22nd of September is going to bring together businesses and unions and other experts to discuss that new question, um, which we have partly written. It's largely the work of the GMB union. Um, we have a relationship with uh, one of the officers uh, as, who's part of the union, and he um, said, these are all the things that are important when it comes to businesses recognising and supporting union, unions and enabling them to serve their function in protecting employee rights. Some businesses recognise them, some do not. So here are all the things that we need to put into this question. Then that comes to us and we see if we can understand it. <laughs> we yeah. see if the language is simple enough and clear enough because we want to make Responsible 100 accessible and relevant to the widest possible audience. So we try and get away from the jargon and technical language. If, if somebody could read a newspaper, could they read this question and understand all these different things about unions that the GMB is talking about? So we've done a bit of an edit at this stage right now, four weeks or so before the roundtable meeting on the 22nd of September. Uh, we spent today and we'll spend the rest of the week talking to other unions and other experts to say, here is the current question. We're going to put it to businesses to provide answers in the next week or so. Can you improve the question before it goes out? At the round table, we will have said, this is the question we asked. Here are the sort of four or five different answers that we've got back from these different companies. Let's sit down over a three-hour period and debate the, how good that question is, where it worked well and where it didn't work so well, or where the businesses that responded didn't quite understand what was being asked and they provided slightly different and confusing responses. Where the businesses think they were asked things that are not particularly relevant or not fair and where they were not asked things which they thought they would be asked or think they should be asked. So there's a big discussion. Everybody talks about um, you know, their own experiences, what they think, and with a bit of luck we can agree a set of improvements to the question in the course of that meeting 
uh, and we do a, s a similar thing with the scorecard and get everyone to look at the scorecard which describes excellent, good, okay and poor practice um, so that the scorecards are developed in a similar way. That is up until this point and, and at the moment we are in the process of opening up this um, development of questions and development of scorecards to more and more people. Expertise and knowledge and experience exists in the NGOs and the campaign groups and the unions and academia and government and all those places, but it's not they, they, those organisations don't have a monopoly on that knowledge and experience. So we are seeking to invite anybody to help uh, improve a question or improve a scorecard, provide their view, provide their idea, and if we can incorporate everybody's good, eyes, good suggestions and good ideas, we can constantly improve these questions. The standards of policy and practice change all the time. Expectations that people have on business change. The laws change, the rules change, the competitive environment changes, events occur. Um, so a question on union, unions in the workplace, which is good today or tomorrow or next month, may not be good at the end of the year or at the start of 2016. So there's this constant process of improvement um, and the new web tool we're building enables us to insert an updated version of the question whenever there is uh, an improved updated version of the question. So it's, it's very open and it's sort of constantly being updated and and there's a well the, the idea is to, to make it transparent as well as, uh, as, as sort of getting the benefit of the collective knowledge of yeah. as many people. We, we, we're promoting transparency and accountability in business and we uh, recognize that being transparent and accountable in how we do that yeah. is, is important and also you know, we'll talk about the social movement and the business tool. For the businesses, here is a tool where you can, through using these questions and providing an answer, you can quickly determine whether what you're doing on these different issues is excellent or good or okay or poor. Um, and you can map how you perform on a number of different issues if you answer a number of different questions. You can compare yourself to other businesses, to your peers, to your competition. You can see um, what better policy and practice looks like. You can see how and when you may want to adopt better policy and practice. But it may not be going from good to excellent on unions. It may be going from poor to okay on diversity, which is a more appropriate thing for you to do as a business in the first instance. We, we provide benefit by bringing businesses into these round tables. They get to meet um, new people and new experts, new collaborators and form new relationships. And ultimately, we're looking, you know, the additional um, benefits for businesses through this differentiation, through the Responsible 100 badge at some stage in the future. So those are all the things that we offer the business and benefit the business with. Um, and we want to appeal to them that, you know, you may find radical levels of transparency and accountability scary, but here is all the benefit from going through this process. And on the other side, we talk about the social movement, where we say to individuals, as consumers, you do have a really important power, and you need to be able to exercise that power. And we are going to help you do that by helping you identify the businesses that don't just say they're ethical, trans transparent, accountable, mm -hmm. values-driven, etc. They're proving it. They're going through this rigorous 
um, process to demonstrate it. It's more than talk. It's 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 real. So if you can, as a consumer in particular, but also as an employee, also as an investor, if you can choose to support those businesses demonstrating transparency and accountability in this way, and you can remove your support from those businesses which are not, yep. you can create an additional incentive and a, and a really important reward for those businesses to be transparent and accountable in the first place and to continue to answer more and more questions and adopt greater and greater levels of transparency. So we're, we're seeking to help these businesses with this tool and also empower the individual to drive this in business, creating incentives, recognizing they do have power, they do have a voice, they do have an important role. Yeah. If you can support these good businesses and you can withdraw your support from those that are not doing transparency and accountability, you can create an incredibly, hopefully, a very, very mm. powerful driver for businesses to do more and more and more of this. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I I I really like the fact that it's a it's a sort of platform that is it's, that's got a huge social element and it's sort of uh, engaging the the right people, and also it sort of uh, invites consumers to to get involved. I think that's uh, that's that's what we need to to really create the change that we we are looking for. I, I it's interesting that you say that, and and I'm and I'm glad that you you like that. I think. Um, we talked uh, previous uh, to the recording about some of the work that we're doing in addition to developing the questions and building the web platform and improving both. We talked about the branding and the positioning for Responsible 100. Um, and we work with a range of experts in, in branding and positioning and marketing and social media, etc. Um, it, it's interesting that the essence of Responsible 100 may well be, um, certainly feels very comfortable that it's about this relationship between businesses and individuals and a, and a partnership between business and, and individuals. We're very excited about the idea of responsibility driving profitability and irresponsibility diminishing profitability. Um, and that talks to that relationship about creating incentives yeah. through the social movement. Um, but there's something a little bit different and very attractive about this idea of the partnership between the businesses that are serious about the global challenges we face and the individuals that want those businesses to succeed and be you know, the best businesses and the most profitable, successful businesses going forward. That union between businesses and individuals is quite exciting place for us to explore. Cool. Um, so what what has the sort of uh, responses been with uh, from the businesses that are sort of already on your platform? Well, we've, um, we've had about 100 different businesses participate over the all these years, um, and we have um, a handful of them which are current um, and happen to be brilliant uh, businesses. Um, and we have 20 or so which are just out of contract, which is an annual renewal. Um, and so those are the 15 and uh, 15, 20 or so, uh, in, in fact, you know, all the hundred businesses we've ever worked with were just about to say, here is this new web platform which we've spent this huge quantity of money and time and effort creating. This is the culmination, the product of all this work and all this time and effort. Um, will you come back? Will you join us? 
uh, rejoin us. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that if we can put this website together as well as I think we can, we may be able to get at least, you know, 30, 40, 50 of those uh, initial 100 participants and, and responsive 100 and its predecessor uh, websites. I'm hoping we can persuade them to come back. And then we'll start talking to, to new ones. And of course, we've met new businesses in recent months and in, in, in recent years. Um, and there's, there are dozens of businesses that have an idea of what we're doing here. Um, it's the particularly important and exciting thing for us in the last few years is getting the world's biggest businesses to do this. So legal in general is, is the business is way ahead. Um, but we've also had Nationwide Building Society and KPMG and BAE Systems as participants in what we're doing. Um, can we get all of those four onto the new platform? I certainly hope so. Um, we are um, continuing the conversation with them and other big businesses. Um, and we are uh, acutely aware that they are attracted by the business tool and the benefits yep. it provides. They're a little bit wary of the social movement and empowering the individual. But I think that they all understand this is a direction of travel for business. Yeah. More transparency, more accountability. Um, it's coming whether they like it or not. Yeah. Um, this is potentially very radical in terms of the level of transparency and accountability today. It may not be so radical tomorrow. Um, so. We have um, built this with businesses, we've, we, we always have, and we've always been pushing at the limits of what they think that they can do. Um, you say to a business, uh, I just heard you talk about all these important things about values and ethics and moral standing, but everybody says that. Mm. You know, Is it for real for you? Would you be prepared to prove it? And sometimes you get a positive response to that, and sometimes you get somebody screaming and shouting at you, and you, you know, never really know <laughs> yeah. what you're going to get <laughs> if you don't have any kind of rapport or relationship with that business. Don't just say that, prove it, because I find it difficult to believe. Most people inside business recognize that that's an issue. Most people recognize that there's a low levels of public trust in business, and it's not... It, it's un it's difficult to ma make a variety of claims and have uh, everybody believe what you say if you're a business because um, you know, we've, we've witnessed uh, businesses <laughs> claiming to be responsible while doing things which are clearly not responsible. You mm. know, I think that's why that we have such low levels of trust. Right. So we're challenging them on uh, one of the most important things, trust and reputation. Um, these intangible assets, these big businesses have the majority of the value of their shares. These, these intangible assets, yeah. which includes the trust and the brand and the reputation, and we're we're challenging that and challenging where they stand. Um, and I recognise that it's not easy to be challenged on that stuff. Um, and uh, we we, as I said, we have all sorts of different reactions to new businesses that we approach and say this is what we're doing, would you like to get involved? Um, we're, we're perfectly happy with a, a low number of trusted businesses right now, and I'm really excited about showing them what we're building. Hopefully in September 2015, we'll start to show people this, this new website um, and, um, and look again at uh, recruitment and getting more businesses involved.
uh, I'm curious to sort of uh, understand the, the the responses from smaller businesses. I guess like some of or if you're a smaller businesses, you'll be inherently more responsible or ethical. Or I think that's that's my sort of well, guess. And Profit through ethics is the business that I run, which has developed this, and we're a small business. Mm. Um, and we have always answered our own questions and participated and said, this is, these are our policies and practices. They've usually been pretty patchy. You know, mm. we have a small business um, trying to do something very difficult and mm. trying to get adequate funding to do yeah. that and keeping shareholders and partners and clients and employees and everybody happy. There's not always a lot of time for yeah. promoting diversity or charitable giving. Um, so we are, we've always been very straight about what we do and why we do things like that. Um, so our, our answers to our questions have never been amazing. I mean, we do some cool stuff, which I'm proud of, but it's, um, it's not easy when there's not a great deal of in terms of resource. So um, a big business may um, be expected to have a, a lot more resource to do these things better and better and I th certainly think that is the case if, you, if we talked about legal in general um, they would struggle to say in terms of charitable giving in terms of promoting diversity we don't really do that because we haven't really got the resources people wouldn't buy that you know yeah. there's a two billion turnover business with yeah, 6,000 employees they'd yeah, be expected to do this stuff pretty well so the expectation levels are different but we've built this in such a way uh, that uh, it doesn't matter what size you are and it doesn't ma matter what sector you're in. Um, you can be transparent and accountable. You can answer these questions. All the questions are developed to be answerable irrespective of your size and sector. So for the small businesses, um, we say, you know, expectations may be lower, um, but some may pride themselves on the good things they do and they may gravitate towards the questions where they get to talk about that. Some business, some small businesses don't think CSR has anything to do with them and, and CSR is something that big businesses do to try and pretend to be responsible mm. and ethical but they really are because of this and because of that um, and we say to them you know you may well be right we don't like the term CSR we try not to use the term CSR um, what about transparency and accountability can you do this um, is it appropriate for you, a business of your size and in your sector to talk about the different things it does. Here is Profit Through Ethics' answer to the question. Here is, um, I think of an another business that we work with has a, a, a relatively low number of um, employees. There's a company called Matter & Co, which is in communications and marketing and, and publishing. Uh, that has about 20, 25 staff. Uh, there's a company called Be Inspired Films that has about 10 staff, I think. Um, they're small companies and um, some of their answers to some of the questions are quite short. We don't really do that because of this and because of that, and, but we try to and in the future we're going to do X, Y and Z. A lot of our answers are like that, but there are always going to be some where they say this is a really important issue to us for these reasons and we do this and this and this and this and they start to tell this, this great story about themselves. No, I think that, that totally makes sense. I mean, a, a FTSE 100 company like Liga and General being on the same platform as a small small company is uh, is is a massive challenge to to sort of get some level of standard. But um, obviously, if you're a small company, I think that's that there's there's huge benefit to having having the badge that you talk about sort of 
in the, in the longer term. That the, ba- the, the badge and the, and, the, and the value of carrying the badge rather depends on everything else we've got to do first, which is get this web tool finished <laughs> yep. and get it to look <laughs> and work right. Um, and also to talk about what it is we're doing here. You know, what is, we've got this great tool for transparency and accountability. You've got this great tool to enable businesses to prove it rather than claim it. Um, you've got this great mapping tool so you can work out what is excellent and good and okay and poor practice and all these important issues. Um, what's it for? Yeah. Um, and is it for a union between businesses and individuals to create a better better reward for better type of business? I think it is. Um, or is it something else? Is it about this idea of driving profitability through responsibility? You know, I'm also very excited mm. by that idea. But we need to get that nailed down. We need to get this strap line, if you will, agreed. And one that works for those small companies that I mentioned and legal in general and you know, even bigger businesses, BAE Systems. Mm. And they make tanks and bullets and guns and missiles and submarines and, and landmines and the rest of it. I'm not sure about land, landmines. But they make most... Uh, uh, weapons and, and um, uh, machines for warfare. So it was very interesting working with those them over the last few years. Um, how do they fit on responsible warranting? Do they fit? And um, we thought that having developed this and having de- developed a, a small number of good rules for how you participate, answering questions on a range of topics, guaranteeing that they're completely accurate and verifiable your answers, publishing them, having them scored and having them published for scrutiny, comment and rating. That's that's pretty simple. Can you can you set those as rules and then say, sorry, BA systems, you can't be here because you're in a the defence sector. Does that make sense? And that our it didn't take us long to realise it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really work for us. Um, if they wanted to be here, they should be allowed to be here. So that will impact on the responsible 100 brand it'd be important to see if they are one of our first 50 companies or not how many other very big companies are part of our first 50 or 100 companies how many are small what different sectors there are they in these these things will shape the the brand and and the mm. message um, and that will of course be what we build the badge out of and we've realized and accepted that you can't go too far down that route you can't develop the brand mm. and the strap line before you've built the, the basis for that thing yeah. to sit upon and uh, <laughs> despite all the years of work and effort we're still we're still working on the foundations but we we were very confident and very excited about where we've got to cool um i guess the last question um one one where we sort of uh, put ourselves in the future if we are sort of in the year 2020 Looking back in the last five years, what would you say would be some of your highlights that you you um, sort of see with responsible? Well, I'm thinking all the way back five years and thinking, well, we did actually build that website and did it brilliantly, and we did do the branding well, and we did do uh, the, the badge right, um, and all those things are super important to have been able to get to 50 companies, 100 companies, 1,000 companies, 10,000 companies, 100,000 companies. Mm. In five years, I would like there be to be hundreds of thousands of businesses that are responsible for 100 businesses. Actually, d- d- um, are, are there? Are you looking other than UK and sort of globally? Yeah. yeah. 
some of the earliest participants were based in uh, USA in mm. Hong Kong and we've had businesses from other countries participate as well so making that's part of the web tool part of the web build making it universally applicable and relevant um, irrespective of we talked about size and sector but also mm. geography and making it easy to find and easy to get started on and also providing a very low cost option uh, I think enabling lots and lots of small businesses to do this is, is a really important part of growing and putting the expectation on the big businesses you should do this okay uh, yeah <laughs> so if we have a time yep uh, thank you very much Michael um, if uh, if you've got any questions uh, or if you want to get involved um, you could head over to responsible100.com and you could uh, get involved in if you're if you're a small business or if you're a big business if you are um, interested to get involved uh, definitely hit there so thank you very much and we'll see you in the next episode thank you coming Thank you for listening to the Clean Web Conversations podcast. Are you interested to learn more about the Clean Web movement? Head over to cleanweb.tv. That's cleanweb.tv.